Hello, and welcome to the Bad Bitches Podcast, where I talk about a little bit of everything, but it's okay. Today I'm going to be ruining one of your literary faves, J.D. Salinger. So if you talk to me for more than two minutes, you will learn that I am in my MFA because I'm very proud of it, and I know that that sounds kooky, but that's why I live in Boston, and I just love books. But one book that I've actually never read is Catcher in the Rye. And at first it was because I really couldn't get into it. I know a lot of people love that book by Salinger, but I just could not get into it. Um, But the other reason is that J.D. Salinger was actually really a creep. So we're going on a deep dive today, and this is part of a new series I like to call Ruining Your Favorites. So I guess let's just get into talking about everybody's favorite emo boy. Um... J.D. Salinger was born in Manhattan, New York in January of 1919. Please remember his birth year. It's kind of important. Uh, Salinger became a household name with the 1951 novel The Catcher in the Rye. And the book itself actually had a weird part to play in the murder of John Lennon. Lennon had a lot of problems of his own, but this is not about that. That's an episode for another day. Pretty much Mark David Chapman claimed he read Catcher in the Rye and decided that John Lennon was a phony, but he was also kind of obsessed with him, so I don't really think that we can blame the novel for that one, but it's definitely a really interesting piece of celebrity murder history. Salinger is actually an interesting case in the literary world as far as how popular he got versus how many things he actually wrote. He only wrote five full-length books, and none of them really reached the same level of distinction that The Catcher and the Bride did. So I like to call him a one-hit wonder. That's an official industry term. It's not. Anyway. He married his first wife, Cynthia Walter, in 1945, and they divorced in 1947. Writers David Shields and Shane Salerno actually argued in their book Salinger that he, a Jewish American, divorced his wife after learning she was working for the Gispato, which is the Nazi police. Uh, But that's a really heavy claim, and the authors kind of admitted that it was speculation and they don't really have any proof. So I'm not really going to label his divorce. from happening about that, uh, but they did divorce probably because she was older than 18. So Salinger was a pretty average student, um, nothing really super special about him, and I could go into his education, his accolades all day, but that's not what this video is about. This video is actually about Mr. Salinger's quite predatory personal life when it came to young women who looked up to him. You still see this today, unfortunately, with a lot of older men who have power over younger women. I mean, R. Kelly got convicted yesterday, um, which is great. He should go away forever. Um, The Me Too movement. And I think we all have a really pretty good understanding of how men in power take advantage of young women who may look up to them or want them to help them with their professional careers. Um, And a lot of them are fans, and it's just really sad. So that's why I'm ruining him today. When Catcher in the Rye first came out, actually not all critics were sold on 
Holden Caulfield's Everyone is Fake But Me Outlook. In case you couldn't tell, I'm not really a fan. And I already said, I never read the whole thing. I did read the first couple of chapters and honestly, he annoyed me. Um, I think Caulfield can come off as pretentious and kind of the soft boy who makes you sit on his living room floor and listening to vinyls while drinking craft beers before he leads you on for months. And, you know, I'm kind of getting that vibe off of Salinger too. So, a few years after Catcher in the Rye came out, Salinger bought a huge secluded property in New Hampshire. I wonder why it was secluded. Hmm. Interesting. He pretty much did everything he could to cut off contact with the public and really stopped writing as much. Um, there may be a reason for this. He met and married his second wife, Claire, when he was 36 and she was 22. That's not as creepy as it gets. And listen, I know people listening to this are going to be like, oh, it was a different time. But it was a pattern, and we all know it was a pattern. Uh, Claire Douglas filed for divorce in 1966, stating that if the marriage continued, then it would seriously endanger her health and hurt her for other reasons, which is a huge red flag, the biggest of red flags, but I digress. This was 1966, Salinger was born in 1919, which means three years later, when he met 18-year-old Joyce Maynard, she was 18 and he was 53, which is never okay. And I have an unpopular opinion about this. He wanted to date a child. Uh, Joyce was treated just absolutely horrendously by the media. Um, she lived with Salinger for 10 months before he eventually just kicked her out, just left her. They were on vacation and he just left her. Joyce did an interview with the New York Times in 2018 where she's quoted as saying, In 1998, nearly 20 years before the hashtag MeToo movement, I published a book out about my relationship with a famous and revered writer who sought me out when he was 53 and I was 18. And everyone knows who she's talking about because the book itself contained portions that were not at all flattering to Salinger and the way he initially reached out to her was honestly the weirdest thing I have ever heard. In the book she wrote, in the spring of 1972, following the publication in the Times Magazine of an essay of mine accompanied by a particularly guileless photo of me, blue jeans, scruffy hair, no makeup, I had received a letter from J.D. Salinger in which he offered his admiration, friendship, mentorship, and spiritual guidance, and, in subsequent letters and phone calls, urged me to leave college, come live with him, have babies, collaborate on plays we would perform together in London's West End, and I, truly believe this, be his partner forever. The older man quite frankly reached out to this girl because she didn't know anything about him except for her writing and how she looked, and said, hey, come live with me, I'll give you everything you want. That's a huge problem with groomers. I mean, even look at the YouTuber Onision and his husband Kai. Look at, like, Weinstein. Look at James Franco. The biggest example of this is Courtney Stodden. They are so strong, but their husband was 53, and they were 16. And they've said that they were groomed. So it doesn't really matter that this happened in the 60s. It's still not okay. 
in any case where we see younger women consistently speaking out, power and influence is really something that men use to control, to prey on, and to have these younger women who probably would be much freer and happier with someone of their own age. And you know what? I've been there. It's weird. So she dropped out of Yale, cut off her entire social circle, and went to go move in with him. Uh, I would like to take a moment to say none of this was her fault. And seven months later, on a trip to Florida, he just gave her two $50 bills, told her to go home to New Hampshire and get out of his house. Um, Salinger also used a lot of spiritual techniques. He was like into ascension and meditation and kind of like occult stuff. Um, from what I read I can't confirm that I didn't know the man but she writes believing Salinger to be the most spiritually elevated man I would ever know I accepted his assessment of me as unworthy and for the next quarter century I barely spoke of my experience even to the man I ultimately married with whom I had three children um, people knew by this point that she had been with Salinger and she stated that for years People would just be asking and asking about him, which honestly has to be traumatizing as anything. Traumatizing as fuck. Uh, but when my daughter reached the age I had been when Salinger sought me out, she said, I reread his letters for the first time in more than two decades. Until then, I had never been able to view my younger self as deserving of protection and care. She tried to sell her love letters from Salinger, which now she doesn't see as love letters at all. And a wealthy man actually bought them and returned them to Salinger and told him, her abuser, that she was selling her own property. Letters are gifts. Uh, she would attend literary events. She's a writer as well, obviously. Well-known, respected authors would clear the room. She said she's written nine novels, and in almost every review, critics still to this day bring up that she slept with J.D. Salinger when she was 18. She wrote about the death of her second husband, who she loved very much. Critics, again, brought up Salinger and called her an oversharer. So, you know, in this article, she said she's been receiving letters from women around her age um, who also received the letters, who also were invited to live with him, who also were played by J.D. Salinger. Um, and... One of them was writing Salinger while him and Joyce were still together. This is such a pattern. The absolute craziest part of this to me is upon publication of her book, At Home in the World. Um, the media called her everything from a leech to a predator. But can an 18-year-old college girl really be a predator for speaking out against a famous author who was old and abused her and she shouldn't be? Um... She stated that he made her change her diet, he made her cut off the outside world, and she tried just so hard to follow all of the rules and demands, but that's not an equal relationship. Um, they took his son out for pizza and he made her throw it up because it wasn't his raw food diet he thought was so like ascended and spiritual of him. And that's why J.D. Salinger is a creep. Now... Does this mean that we should cancel Catcher in the Rye? I don't think that a Catcher in the Rye can ever really be canceled. And I do think that it still has merit and enough influence. But this brings me to a bigger point, and that's kind of why I'm doing this series, Ruining Your Literary Favorites. Um, 
And that is that like white men just dominate publishing, have dominated publishing. We're still seeing, we're seeing women and um, people of color just kind of now coming into their own in publishing, but it's still not good enough. And it's still like we expect women and people of color to write certain types of narratives that fit what we think. And meanwhile, these men can be out here basically just writing their own autobiography and it's called Genius. It's called The Next Great American Novel and I don't understand it. I just don't understand why J.D. Salinger is this big literary hero. I don't. I don't. Salinger later went on to marry an even younger woman. Um, and eventually he died. Probably not the worst thing that ever happened. Um, so I hope he's ruined for you now, and I hope you can never look at Catcher in the Rye the same way. Um, and, you know, this is just a little series that I'm starting up. I'm going to do Philip K. Dick and his biographer next. So um, this is going to be a once a month episode of this podcast. Um, and then the other topics that I'm going to be focusing on are going to be, you know, being child-free, society issues, news. I might throw a true crime in there. Like I said, this is a podcast where I talk about anything that I want. So, um... Yeah. I hope that you enjoyed that podcast episode today. And I guess tune in next week for me to ruin some more shit. I love ruining things for people. It's my favorite pastime. For more child-free news and lifestyle content, visit my blog or find my YouTube channel at Bad Fitches and www.badfitches.com.